Is there not an entire section on this subject? And no, yes, I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have, I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale about it? Yes, it what have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, 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 let me Last week is done and all the craziness that went with it. It, it kind of felt to me, maybe it's just because I, I was working harder la last week than, than other weeks and the work kind of took away from the craziness that, that seemed to be going on. But it, it felt to me like, like the crazy in the news cycle dropped from like a 10 to maybe an 8.5, somewhere in there. Again, we still have a lot of stuff going on um, and... Personally, I think rightly so. Some of these protests that are still happening. Um, happy to see that looting and rioting has, is becoming less and less because, again, that kind of takes away from the whole point of, of a protest to have the violence that ensues and, and so on. But a couple of things I want to talk about this week. And um, the title of this, this week's episode is What People Are Not Saying. Because in the things that are being said, uh, there's a lot of assumptions about what is being said in there. There are some things that are not being said that are actually implying certain things. So this is going to get a little crazy. So I hope I can, I can follow this rabbit trail well enough that uh, we don't all get completely lost and, and, and just go completely insane in this. But... Uh, the name that's been on a lot of people's lips this week uh, has she's put herself out there um, to drawing a lot of criticism and some people praise from some areas criticism from others is of course Candace Owen and so uh, she's actually done a couple but I think it was midweek this week she did a little podcast live video something to the effect of um, just really tearing up up on the the black community in the fact that uh, they the the black community is the only community that elevates their worst to uh, be heroes and um, of course she she's referring to George Floyd she brings out his his record of of criminal offenses, time that he served in, in prison and in jail and so on, um, and goes on about this whole thing. And of course, you know, my wife and I are talking about this. Um, I, a lot of times in the past, I've, I've agreed with Candace Owens. I've, I've been pretty okay with her. Um, the last week and a half to two weeks, my, my can't even has been busted and I just can't with Candace Owen. Um, and, and I don't know what, it's hard to, to pinpoint, um, exactly what it is that, that just 
has put me off on her. And I mean, obviously, I guess it's not hard. It's just the simple fact that she has, has taken it upon herself to drag this man's name through the mud. Um, here's my opinion. And this was the comment that I made to my wife and, and maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but here, here's where I'm coming from. And again, this it's my show, my opinion. This is what you get. Um, if you don't like it, um, you're probably not one of the four people that watch my podcast. Um, so nine minutes under the knee of Derek Chauvin, 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 Chauvinist, whatever the dude's name is. Um, I actually didn't want to know his name last week. And now, of course, I know it because I've heard it more times than I care to. Nine minutes under this man's knee really kind of negated everything in George Floyd's history. I mean, and, and again, not necessarily negates it, but it, it's pointless to bring up. He, he can't defend himself against any of this. The, the current situation that he was in when he died, whether he was on drugs, whatever criminal offenses he was, has, was committing at the time, are, are moot points at this point because he's dead. Because one police officer decided to be judge, jury, and executioner. And, and again, you, you, can't, you can't tell me that it was an accidental thing. Nine minutes under anybody's, with anyone's knee on your neck, is pretty much going to kill anyone. That kind of pressure on the, one of the most sensitive parts of the human body that controls the flow of blood and oxygen to the brain is going to kill somebody. So this officer should have known. Now, again, we, I can't say 100% whether or not this was racially motivated. Personally, I think with the, the, the things that have come out that, that at one point these guys worked together, personally, and again, this is just my personal opinion, I, I got nothing to prove this, but it felt, it, from the beginning, it felt kind of personal to me. Watching this, the way, the attitude, the cavalier attitude of this police officer, the comments that were made, this is what happens, kids, when you do drugs or whatever, however he said that. It felt personal to me, and I think the fact that these guys work together, I, I'm, again, let me preface, disclaimer, whatever, this is my opinion. I think there may have been some beef between the two of them back in the day, and this officer just decided to carry it out. Now, did he intend to kill him? Again, I can't say 100% that he did, but he should have known. As a police officer, with as long as he's been on the, the force, he should know that nine minutes with your knee on someone's neck, pretty much a, a, they're not going to come out of it good on the other side. And so, bringing all this out and Candace Owens talking about, you know, that the, the black community um, elevates uh, the worst to, to being heroes and martyrs. Here's what's not being said. Nobody that I know in the black community is saying that George Floyd is a hero, is saying that George Floyd is a martyr. They're saying that George Floyd just happened to be the face of one of the most heinous 
of these videos. And I mean, we've seen some bad ones. Philandro Castile, he, his was pretty bad. And, uh, and again, people are bringing up the fact, well, he had marijuana in his car. Not a death penalty. He also had a little girl in his car. His daughter that had to sit there while she saw her daddy die. That was pretty heinous. Um, you know, Eric Garner, um, Alton Sterling, all of these the, where, where we actually got to see the videos of these, those are all pretty heinous. This, in my opinion, was the hardest for me to watch. And they're all hard to watch. Every single one of these videos that has come out where, where we, we literally see a man lose his life, Ahmaud Arbery, this was the hardest for me to watch because it went on and on and we're hearing this man. I mean, a man of this size and this stature calling for his mama. Mama, I can't breathe. Ma, you know, I mean, just heart-wrenching. I wept tears. You know, I, I, and, and there's a few of these that I can honestly say that as I watch these videos, they, they, they drew me to tears. But not many of them. This one was one of them. Ahmaud Arbery was one of them. Philandro Castile was one of them. George Floyd, no one's elevating him to being a hero. So, so that's, that's what's not being said, is that he's a hero or a martyr. He just happens to be the face of the, one of the most heinous and the most recent of these. You know, we didn't see Breonna Taylor on video, but that was a pretty horrifying situation. Botham Jean was a horrifying situation. All of these, you know, there's so many of them that, and, but George Floyd happened to be the face of the most recent and the most heinous. So it's not that they're elevating him to be a martyr. It's the situation. No one is saying that he is a, 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 a golden boy and, you know, a choir boy or any of these things. No one's saying that. You know, granted, yes, no one is saying that CNN is a valid source of news. But no one, you know, they may be putting a, a better spin on it. You know, I even posted this picture earlier last week of, of George Floyd with a group of his boys and he's holding up a Bible. Right. There is some evidence that he may have been a believer. We don't know what brought on this this last situation. Maybe because maybe he was out of work because of COVID and he was he was low on cash and he didn't have something. And so he fell off the wagon and he got high and then he went and he passed a bad bill and whatever. I mean, we don't know, but no one's saying he is, you know, I'm not I'm not, you know, saying that he's a, my pastor or even that he is a pastor, but it, apparently he's a believer. And, you know, and, and again, when these things come up, the, the, the example I, I said is, you know, take a, a guy that, that say a man that cheated, slept with a married woman, got her pregnant and then, uh, had her husband murdered. I mean, we would say that's a horrible, horrible guy, right? And then we might come to the realization that that's King David in the Bible 
who was considered a man after God's own heart. Because David repented, put it was had faith in God. He repented of the sins that he committed. He 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 wanted to honor God. Who's to say that that George Floyd hadn't repented? Maybe had a, a bad week where he backslid or whatever. But who's to say he wouldn't have have been? You know, maybe he would have been a, a pastor or something to that effect if he had had the chance to live. But that's all again. That's all negated. He didn't. He he doesn't no longer has that opportunity. But and and again, no one is saying that he deserved to die by bringing up, you know, and Candace Owens bringing up his 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 bat his past history, his criminal record, and so on, is not explicitly saying that he deserved what happened. But there's an implicit. an implication in that of saying maybe he did and now no one is saying it no one is accusing Candace Owens of saying he deserved to die but bringing up this past information bringing up this criminal record pointing out the fact that he was on drugs at the time pointing out the fact that Philandro Castile had drugs in his car there's an implication in that. Even if it's not explicitly saying they deserved what happened to them, there's an implication in there that is saying they deserved what they got. Otherwise, why would you bring it up? Otherwise, what, what, what relevance does it have? Again, I contend that nine minutes under the knee of a horrible police officer negated everything in his past. It's pointless to bring it up now. He's dead. There's no no justice for him. There's no way that he's going to, one, either have to uh, pay restitution to the store where he passed a counterfeit bill or, any, or serve time for the drugs that he was doing or anything like that. There is no justice at this point. He does not get to stand trial and make a defense or any of those things. He's just dead. And by bringing these things up, is almost it's it's a borderline thing. You may agree with me, you may not, but it's a real borderline thing saying he deserved what he got. And that again, that it's what's no one is saying, no one is saying he deserves it. This was a situation, and and again, no. <laughs> And that brings me to the next thing. So, George is a face of of the movement at the moment. And no one is saying that black lives don't matter, right? Doing a, a, a video thing with, with Kurt Kennedy, Kurt Allen, and his church and some people tonight. Um, again, the comment was made, you know, I don't agree with the, the hashtag Black Lives Matter. I may disagree with the actual movement and the organization and the the way that they have done things and so on. And, you know, we can get into the whole whether or not it's cultural Marxism or what. You know, I may not agree with the movement, but I agree with the hashtag. Black lives absolutely do matter. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with people going out and protesting 
because of these things that have happened. You know, it is, there is an increasingly valid point, you know, and, and again, all the, all the things that come up when, you know, police brutality happens and we hear far more white people are killed by police officers, uh, you know, and, and so on. Well, for whatever reason, those aren't being put on video and broadcast to the world to see where we're watching this. And, and if you've been on social media, I come look at the Reformed Bars Facebook group and watch us. All of, all of the, the black men that are in this group over the last week, week and a half have shared day after day after day, story after story of times that they've been pulled over for, for ridiculous reasons. You know, that they've been stopped, that they've been detained, that they've been held at gunpoint. Here's one thing that I can say I've never had happen. I have never stood at, and been held at gunpoint. Never. Never had a police officer's gun pointed directly at me. I had one time where I'd been pulled over, whereas I watched the officer coming up where he had his gun drawn. But I've never had a, a, a police officer's gun pointed at me. Now, here's, here's the, the thing on that. Um, as these guys have told stories, and, and I made the comment. I said, look, you know, I, I, I don't understand. I, I, I don't know. I can't comprehend what that is like. And I've appreciated every single one of these guys making sharing the, these stories. John Moore and LaRosa Johnson and, and Tony from Hazakim and um, Carlos uh, Newton, um, Alexander Wade, you know, all these guys that have been sharing these stories, you know, I've, I've very much appreciated. I have really, I have been educated and I have been edified by the, the stories that they've shared. Um, you know, I've always considered myself to be down, but I, again, being down with, with a community, a, a hip hop culture and so on, does not bring equality to the the experience, you know. But here's what I can say: I'm in my life. I've been pulled over. I can count the number of times I've been pulled over on both hands. I can do that, um, and three times, I've, and probably I mean if I if I count it, it's probably ten, maybe eleven. I may need to take one shoe off to to count up the times I've been pulled over and in. in 30 years of driving a vehicle with a valid driver's license. I've been pulled over 10 or 11 times. Three of those times I have been pulled out of my vehicle. Two of those times I've had a dog come and search my vehicle. One of those two times the dog peed on my back seat. But what those three times have in common where I was taken out of the vehicle was the high volume of hip-hop music coming out of the windows of that car. Now you can you can take that and and you can you can make your connection. you know what no one is saying is that that I have have experienced what what every black man has experienced because I haven't. But what I am saying is it's kind of convenient, kind of coincidental maybe 
that the only time that I've been taken out of my car is when the connection to that hip-hop culture has been made apparent. So we can do with that what you want. But let me get back onto the topic of protests. And here again, this is going to tie into the other thing about uh, George Floyd's history. Because I'll make the statement again. I believe that nine minutes under the knee of Officer Chauvinist, Chauvin, whatever, who in and of himself has a has quite the history of complaints against him for uh, excessive force, inappropriate force, uh, police brutality, pick your, your descriptor. Um, nine minutes under his knee negated everything that Floyd, George Floyd, why do I want to keep calling him Floyd? George Floyd has done in his past every single rioter, looter, which again, we, we have to point out, they're not all black. The looters and the rioters are all opportunists who have seen this as a, an opportunity to go out and get themselves from some free stuff. Stealing TVs and new shoes does not honor the memory of George Floyd. Said that last week. I'll reiterate it this week. But here's the thing. That no one is saying, what's not being said, is no one is saying that every protester is a looter or a rioter or a criminal. But what is being said is every one of those rioters and looters who are uh, uh, engaging in criminal activity is negating the validity of the message that is in the protest. And again, now that's a that's kind of a charged statement. And, and you may disagree with me and I'll take the heat. I'll take that smoke. But it is a reality that every person that has gone out there in the, in the face of these protests, and a lot of these protests did start out peaceful. Now, as my cousin pointed out, they, the peaceful protests were met in response by police in riot gear. And which supposedly was what exacerbated it into riots. I think it was opportunists. I think it was Antifa. You know, we've got videos of white people in Minneapolis breaking windows, starting these riots. Sounds like Antifa to me. But um, most of the riots started, or the, the protests did start out peaceful. And when you had these opportunist criminals that moved into the area and began breaking windows, began looting stores, began burning down property, began beating store owners, began, began murdering people, negated everything good that began with peaceful protests. Because now the world isn't looking at it. They're looking at the violence and not the message in the protest. We're not seeing the, the peaceful encounters because what, 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 what somebody said, uh, whatever, whatever bleeds, I can't remember the, the statement, but again, the, the uh, extremes is what gets put on the air. That's what sells 
uh, newspapers. That's what that's what pushes clicks. That's what uh, draws viewers. Is the extreme stuff. So we're not seeing the the peaceful engagements. We're seeing the violent engagements of criminals, and it's it's overshadowing the the valid message that is in these protests that I absolutely agree with. If I didn't think there would be violence and looting and and rioting, I would have been out there day one. I would have gone down to Salt Lake City. I made the joke, you know, when I, I, I had intended to go down. I thought about going down to Salt Lake City last Saturday when the first of the protests began to happen. And then I looked in on Facebook and saw a picture of an overturned police car with a bunch of white people around it. And I said, why bother? Because this is this violence and criminal activity that is being engaged in is going to override the message that there are some really bad police officers that are out there. Not all cops are bad. No one is saying that again. What nobody is saying is that all police officers are bad. This whole idea that we need to defund police. That's that's ridiculous. We need better training of police, better screening, better vetting of officers, maybe. But to defund the police, no one is saying that. Well, somebody is, but it shouldn't be said. But no one is saying all cops are bad. No one is saying most cops are bad. What we are saying is there are some bad ones out there, and it's a situation that needs to be dealt with because we're seeing it more and more and more. You know, Breonna Taylor, you have a police force that serves a no-knock warrant to the wrong address looking for a guy that's been in custody for 12 hours? How does that happen? And ends up killing a girl who is in her bed asleep. Another guy that was killed another time and whether or not he, he responded and there's a lot of stories about that one, but I don't know what all went down. But another guy who was killed based on a no-knock warrant. We have Tatiana, I can't remember her last name, I never can, the lady who decided to have her door open while playing late night video games with her nephew to get some air in, and a policeman shows up outside her window, shoots her through her window, not knowing who he's shooting at, and then later tries to claim that there was a weapon or something like that, but that is bad police work. We see it all the time. We saw it with the, the police officer in Phoenix, Two years ago, something with as a pest control guy, and I only know that he was in pest control because I'm in pest control, but a dude in a hotel who is with a woman and somehow ends up out in the hallway on his knees being shouted at by police to crawl toward them, and then they shoot him down in the middle of the hallway. That's bad police work, and we see incident after incident after incident. You know, again, is this? no one is saying that all cops are bad. No one is saying that most cops are bad. We are. What is being said is there is a verifiable trend of bad police work that needs to be addressed. That's why people are protesting. But the problem is, is the criminals are coming in and, and causing riots and looting that is overshadowing the message of the protests that are happening because of the face of a man who was just happened to be the, the face and the video of the extreme of, of what these bad police incidents are had a criminal record and that's all been negated by the fact that one bad cop decided to play judge, jury, and executioner 
and kneel on a man's neck for nine minutes. So that's what's not being said. And the other thing that apparently is not being said is that people need to repent and put their trust in Christ. And this was this was the end of the, the conversation between my wife and I because and we got on to another topic, but um and I, I can't remember if it was Jeff Durbin or James White or, or Toby Sumter, one of the one of the amazing pastors, uh teachers that I listen to on a regular basis. It might have been Brian. Uh, Sove, my my pastor at my local church, could have been Doug Wilson, I don't know. One of these guys who who always says some really smart stuff made the comment that the the culture is the report card of the church. The things that are happening in the culture is the report card of the church, and the church has been failing. The church has has, has honestly been failing. You know, with talking with with Kurt Allen tonight and and that uh zoom meeting god uh dear god why are issues between black and white people so hard still you know in that conversation we are seeing the fact that the church is failing the church is failing to preach the gospel now again so many people who don't want to hear that that don't want to hear that the gospel excuse me that the gospel is the answer to all of this but it truly is preaching the gospel convincing people of their I mean, do we really need to be convinced of total depravity at this point? Do we? I mean, just look. The, the stupid app that I had for two days on my phone and got rid of it, the TikTok. Look at TikTok for 35 seconds and you'll understand the fact that total depravity is a real thing and that people need to repent and put their faith in Christ and in that, in that true repentance and heartfelt repentance and move of the Holy Spirit that draws those people to repent and changing the hearts of those people to repent, that's the answer to racial issues. That's the answer to bad police issues. That's the answer to everything is repentance and faith in Jesus Christ and the changed heart of man. The new creation that we become in Christ causes us to no longer look on, on people of a different color with fear. It causes us to no longer look on people based on um, what they look like. It causes us to look on them as image bearers of God, brothers at best, neighbors at, at, at the least, and those whom we have to love and care for and share the gospel with as well. And the church hasn't done a very good job of it. And if you look at, at quote-unquote church leaders, blue-check church leaders on, on Twitter and Facebook, you'll see why. You know, People like uh, Kyle Howard and Beth Moore and Jory Micah and all these people that, that have no clue of truly what it means to preach the gospel. None of these people are calling people to repent and trust Christ. They're given self-help. They're given, they're given feel-good messages about, you know, just you be you and so on. I mean, someone that I, I responded to earlier, just a, a cockamamie, horrif horrifyingly 
bad example of what is what they comprehend the gospel to be, which is nowhere near what the gospel is. The gospel simply is that we are bad people in need of a Savior who, if we repent and put our trust in Christ, will be changed, will have that heart of stone removed and be given a heart of flesh. And we'll have our attitudes towards other people change, our attitude toward God changed, our attitude toward society changed by the preaching of the gospel. And the church has not done a very good job of that. The face of the culture is the report card of the church. And, 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 and there are some great ones out there. There are some really good churches out there that are trying to raise this... I, I, Jeff Durbin, Apologia, Christchurch, Doug Wilson. Um, I forget other churches. Refuge here in Ogden, Redemption Church. You know, churches with, with pastors who have a passion for sharing the gospel. They're out there, but they're so few and far between because so, so many people are drawn into silliness stuff like Joel Osteen's church and Beth Moore and uh, Ed Young and Stephen Furtick and, and all these places where the gospel isn't preached. Moral therapeutic deism is all that they get. And that's the massive majority of the church in America. And it's, we're, we're losing the, the, the battle for the culture because the church has, has, has failed. But that's the answer. The answer, it, it is simple. It is simple. And we just need to see more and more people get on board with that. And that is simply this, that we have to preach the gospel at all times. And we have to use words because they're necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.